Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. What really is a hunk of burning love? If you get it, do you need to get a shot to cure it? Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, and I am home from traveling out to the West Coast for the West Coast Pipe Show, and it is good to be home. In tonight's show, in Pipe Parts, yeah, I'll cover my trip to Las Vegas for the West Coast Pipe Show. We'll talk all about that. My guest tonight is uh, pre-recorded South African pipe maker Charles Hussard, and we've got a uh, uh, we got some music and mailbag, and I'm going to take on the evil giant of Microsoft in tonight's rant and their uh, useless help. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but all that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and uh, the Home Office is. Uh, comfortably set up it was definitely nice to get back here in time tonight just to do the show and it'll be really nice to spend some time in my bed again um sadly i can report that with the end of the west coast pipe show uh with the west coast pipe show being over now this is the end of pipe show season for the 2014 year and it's also, thankfully, the end of uh, marching band season for the 2014 year. So get to spend a little bit of time at home around the weekends and get ready for the holidays and all that. I would like to say a special thank you and a salute to those of you that are veterans of any military out there. Yes, today is Veterans Day in the United States. So a salute to all of you who have served wherever you're listening, all across the world. All right, let's get the show rolling along so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. This is Internet Radio. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. Eck, I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com. 
Fornoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fornoggins.com. Welcome back. All right, let's get right into the week that was and the West Coast Pipe Show. Uh, let's start it off by saying that it was a big rush and a big cram for me to get everything that I needed done in order to get on the plane on Thursday. And um, Mr. Murphy in his law got in my way and ended up uh, getting to Vegas about four and a half hours later than I was supposed to. Now, I did still manage to make a couple of stops down on the Las Vegas Strip, one of which was to go spend some uh, uh, some gift certificate winnings that I had with uh, Thomas Pink, and then stop by the uh, folks over at Gorin Brothers Hats and uh, pick up a feather for one of my felt hats. So that was fun. Uh, to say I was tired on Thursday night when I finally got... Back to the hotel at about 11.30 Las Vegas time is an understatement. On Friday, spent some time going around in the morning and in the in the afternoon visiting some local smoke shops. Uh, Las Vegas surprisingly does not have a really good pipe shop here, so I'm hoping that we can develop a couple of these uh, cigar-friendly cigar shops and uh, get them to understand that, you know what, there might be a community out here of uh, pipe and pipe tobacco smokers that, you know, could use a good shop here. Anyway, uh, Friday night, let's see what happened Friday night. Ended up spending Friday night hanging out here at the hotel. The uh, Palace Station does a wonderful, uh, they got wonderful little tables and chairs outside the Irish pub for everybody to hang out there, and there was a live band inside the pub. So that's where Friday night was. And uh, Friday, two trips to In-N-Out Burger. The third, uh, the second trip was by 9 o'clock I got back to the hotel and I was pretty much dead tired. Uh, jet lag travel and all that had caught up with me. And guess what? So 9 o'clock Friday night, here I am in Vegas. I am in bed and fast asleep. Now, what does that mean? 3.30 in the morning, I woke up. Yeah, I managed to fight it and stay and get back to sleep until about 6. Uh, the pipe show started Saturday morning, and I could tell from the crowd around the Irish pub on Friday night that it was going to be a good one, because there was a lot of folks there. Uh, the show traffic on the show floor was really good all day long. There were a few notable uh, vendors or uh, people tables that weren't there. There were some new people. I will say that... Uh, I think it was pretty much a buyer's market. There were some really good deals had on really good pipes. Uh, I know of one Rad Davis estate pipe that was purchased for $125, and I won't name names. And there were Sassinis, and uh, in particular, that I have heard were purchased for about $100 to $150 each. So just some great deals going on out there. A handful of... Artisan pipe makers were there, and to list some of the names that have been on the show, uh, Scott Klein, Steve Liskey, Nate King, uh, Colin Rigsby was there, and if I'm missing anybody, I apologize, and that's one of the reasons why I hate doing this, but for me, the show was busy all day long because I had tons of sample tobaccos there, and Sutliff and McBaron were the only 
tobacco manufacturer there sampling tobaccos away. So kind of made me the uh, the hot potato for a while there. Um, the dinner Saturday night, Mark Ryan gave his discussion on Perique and told a story about how Perique may also be French for, or might be a French Cajun word for a male body part. Uh, I'll leave that up to your imagination, but he did tell that story at dinner. The dinner was good, the wine was good, and of course it was nice to be able to sit in a dinner and smoke at your table and hang out with a bunch of good friends. Uh, Let's see, Lee Von Erich was there. Uh, Spent my time at dinner with the pipe stud Steve Fallon and his wife. On Sunday, I did get a chance to move around the floor a little bit because traffic's a little lighter on Sunday. Uh, Got to spend some time talking to Mike Butera and catching up with him. In fact, uh, Sunday evening, walked over to In-N-Out Burger with Mike Butera and a couple others. Uh, That was was fun. We get in there and we sit down. I'm sitting down next to two young, uh, young couple, male and female, and obviously they're dancers. Turned out they were in the traveling road show of Wicked, so talked to them for a little bit, but it was fun to get back to In-N-Out Burger and take a few people to In-N-Out Burger for the first time. On uh, Sunday, I did get a chance to look at the, uh, there's a new shape coming in the Neptune series, so Todd Johnson and Pete Prevost were showing that to me. Uh, Jeff Grasick had a couple of pipes that were absolutely beautiful, Rick Newcomb was at the show. It's just a, it was a really good show with a really good group of people. A really good mix of pipes this year in particular. I noticed there were about five or six vendors that had uh, selling off their collections of estate pipes or uh, just some people that were brand new to the uh, brand new the pipe show circuit and had decided to clean pipes and restore them and we're selling pipes again. I want to say at a, at a at a reasonable price. So there was there was a lot of uh, deals to be had on the show floor. Not quite as many tobacco samples as usual. So that probably put a damper on it for some people. But there was a lot of good deals out there. Uh, Sunday night was uh, relatively calm and quiet after going to uh, In and Out Burger again, and then. Uh, Spent the uh, spent the evening just kind of relaxing with uh, with a bunch of folks hanging out smoking. Uh, one complaint this year: no TV up in the smoking lounge on the uh, off the show floor, so I couldn't watch the big race from Phoenix while I was up there. So I did kind of duck out a little early, probably about two thirty. I packed everything up and left, and was able to watch the rest of the race on Monday. Monday had a quite an experience. I went to a used exhibit or booth company here in Las Vegas. There's a company that buys old trade show exhibits and not exactly what I thought I was bargaining for when I walked in there because everything was in crates and all they had was pictures, which were the same pictures that I saw online, but I did do that. And then uh, Jimmy Craig of Ashton Pipes, he and his son and I went over to the new Las Vegas premium outlets and walked around there and then spent Monday evening getting caught up on emails and just kind of hanging out around the palace station, my old stomping ground. So, all right, there's a recap of the weekend. Oh, forgot to mention the, uh, the pipe, uh, the pipe gathering at the Paris hotel on Sunday night, seven of us 
seven of us went out there, sat down and uh, smoked our pipes outside right at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. And to uh, keep the anonymity of the group uh, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Hey, if you want to know who was there, you should have been there. Or uh, check around on the Pipes Magazine forums. You may see a picture or two floating around of us just sitting in front of the Eiffel Tower, puffing on our pipes and having drinks. And watching the crowds go by watching us smoke our pipes. So, All right, there you go. Sorry, that was kind of out of order and kind of uh, tossed around a little bit. But hey, I just flew back and might be a little jet lagged and a little tired myself. But All right, in just a minute, my uh, pre-recorded interview with pipe maker Charles Goussard. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. (laughs) Just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore... Best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sightliff Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. I am excited because this is our first chance on the Pipes Magazine radio show to speak to not only a pipe smoker, but also a pipe maker that lives on the African continent in South Africa. So please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, Charles Hossard. And if I've butchered your name, please pronounce it correctly for me. (laughs) Brian, it's uh, Charles (laughs) Hossard. And you are in uh, in Cape Town, South Africa? In Cape Town, yes. Yeah. Lovely city. Right on the coast. And uh, it, as we're recording this, uh, spring has sprung and your weather's getting wonderful and ours is getting cold and bitter here in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I've decided that I don't like you already. But we'll go ahead and we'll do this anyway because I like the warm weather. <laughs> uh, did you grow up in South Africa? Yes, uh, born and dead in South Africa, all the way. And when did you start smoking a pipe? I started smoking 
My first year at varsity, uh, I actually didn't smoke uh, at all. Uh, and uh, my first year roommate, uh, he was a cigarette smoker, chain smoker. He used to hate it. Uh, I, me and him used to fight uh, about his smoking in the room. And uh, eventually one day I said to him, listen, uh, Andreas, uh, I'll, I'll never smoke. Uh, the only thing that I might smoke is a pipe, because uh, at least it smells good. So uh, this friend of mine went off and he, he thought, uh, this is a great idea. He's going to get himself a pipe and uh, then he can smoke in the room. So, yeah, that's where it all started. It wasn't long before I uh, took a talk from the pipe, and uh, that was uh, the beginning. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not familiar with, I've had a few friends from South Africa, but other than that, I'm really not familiar with the country. Did you, when you were going to get that new, that first pipe, did you go to a pipe shop, or was there a, a drug store that sold pipes? Uh, it, it was a tobacconist. Uh, every year, and they, they, they use a small little tobacconist. Uh, but uh, in the in the old days, especially, you used to to uh, to get it uh, very cheap, nasty pipes from from drugstores as well. Uh, yeah. Nowadays, not so much anymore. But uh, uh, yeah, the tobacconists uh, nowadays—that's the way to go. So did you start out with a with a cheap pipe and with a aromatic tobacco? Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> In those days it was uh, cherry flavors or uh, vanilla flavors or that was about uh, the only aromatics that you could uh, could get down there. When did you really discover that you and that you really loved smoking a pipe? Well, I always, I, in the beginning, I, I smoked cigarettes uh, as well. I always had a pipe. The pipe was sort of used on occasion, um, for special occasions, you can say. And uh, eventually it caught on. I uh, uh, went over to, to the UK for, for two years uh, to work over there for a bit on, on farms. and. Uh, when I came back, I decided, okay, it's enough of the cigarettes. I'm going to go on the pipe. And uh, that was in 2000. So what was your original career now that, now that you've decided to make pipes? Did you have a, a, another career before that? Yes, the pipe making is still very much a hobby for me. Um, I, I studied agriculture, of all things, and uh, along the way, changed career a couple of times, and uh, at the moment, I'm actually in the glass industry. I've got my, my own small little uh, glass splashback um, business, wow. uh, so the, it changed quite a bit from, from then. So you went from agriculture, which pipes are an agricultural product because we grow the wood and grow the tobacco, and now... <laughs> <laughs> and now you're making them. Uh, when did you actually start making pipes? That was in 2007. I got a small little um, 
Pimo that uh, stem uh, from uh, Pimo and the uh, block. And uh, uh, as, as soon as I made that first part, I just couldn't stop. It's uh, the buck bit and uh, it's, it's still going. <laughs> it probably will never stop. <laughs> and did you have any... Uh did you get help over the internet on on the tools and how to learn, or did you just figure it out yourself? The, the, in the start, uh, those days they, they weren't that much on 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 the uh, on the on the web about pipe making itself. I remember there was a uh, article from a German guy uh, that sort of very roughly explained how you can do your, your own pipe. Uh, and then later on, I, I got uh, onto Pipe Makers Forum, and uh, that's, that's where I basically got all my, all my ideas from, and uh, what to do and what not to do, and, and so forth. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing website. Uh, so much knowledge there. Incredible. And, and again, we've talked about it before on the show, there's so much knowledge, and it's openly shared. Oh yes, oh yes, most most definitely. Without PowerMakers Forum, I'll uh, I'll be nowhere. I'll be nowhere. Uh, let's go back a little bit just to the to the uh, the smoking society in South Africa. Uh, are there are there a lot of pipe and tobacco shops around, or is it or is pipe tobacco hard to find now? Good, decent tobacco is very hard to find. Uh, there's a lot of uh, over-the-counter blends. Uh, very rough um, tobacco. It's, it's basically Virginia Burley based. Um, not very good quality. Uh, and uh, you also get uh, quite a bit of aromatics. Um, but really decent tobacco is scarce. Very scarce. Tobacconists over here basically sell uh, cigarettes, uh, grow your own tobacco, um, and uh, cigarette papers, of course. And and it's it's sort of a uh, a sideline for them, uh, pipes and and pipe tobacco. So, if you were to walk into a local store, how much would a fifty gram Tin of pipe tobacco or a fifty gram pouch cost. A South African blend will cost you in the region of forty rand, say about four dollars. But like I say, it's it's very rough tobacco. It's it's not good quality at all. Um, your more expensive blends, um, the aromatics that you're able to get hold of, um, it's in the region of, of about seven dollars, seventy rand. So it's not too expensive. Are you able to smoke a pipe in a in a pub or in a in a restaurant? Only in designated areas. Um, the the law over here is, is basically the same as in America, I, I suppose. Uh, you you're not allowed to do smoking. Uh, uh, in malls, you're not allowed to smoke in restaurants unless it's in the smoke in the smokers area, which which is um, apart from from the rest of the restaurant. 
So at least you do have the option to find an indoor place to smoke when the weather's not so nice. Yes, you can, yeah. There is an option, yeah. All right, let's, we'll go back to pipe making for a minute. What, what was the hardest part of pipe making for you to learn? Shaping. Shaping and getting a decent flow of the, of the shape. For, for me, that's, that's the most difficult. And when you talk about flow, you talk about the 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 change between the bowl and the shank and the and the shaping of the bowl yes. so that it all balances. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And do you think that's because it's a uh, less of a technical aspect and more of an artistic, or is it because it's hard to see over pictures? I I, I think that's more artistic. Um, for me, uh, you can take a you can take a, a billiard. A billiard is well, uh, deceptively easy to make. You would think, uh, but there's a lot to to a good shaped billiard, um, and uh, that's that's just what just experience. Now, I'm looking on your website as we're talking, and the website is G-O-U-S-S-A-R-D-Pipes.com. You've got a ton of your archives, and I can see the, I can, I can see the transformation in you as a pipe artist because some of the shaping is absolutely beautiful. Uh, would you consider yourself more influenced by the uh, the traditional English shapes or more of an Italian style? Or a mix of everything. That's quite a difficult question. <laughs> I've I've actually recently uh, tried a bit more uh, traditional shapes, but but I I I love um, to try and get the best out of the block itself. Uh, for for me, the more traditional shapes, you you know exactly what it should look like. And and to try and and get to that, but if if uh, it's got a bit of a Danish influence, oh, I'm crazy about that. <laughs> so, Love that. So you are spending more time trying to learn what the block will give you and where the pipe is going, instead of forcing it yes. into a shape that you want it to be. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Uh, and one of the questions that I don't ask a lot of pipe makers, but all your your briar is sourced probably from Italy? This is from Italy, yes. From Romeo Briar, from Mimo. Have you been have you been yes. up to see uh Mimo? Oh, I wish I could. Uh it, it's it's just so far and so expensive to to, to get there for, for us South Africans. <laughs> but but one day I'll get there. I I will I will. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more pipe making, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. 
Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Cup of Joe's, a name you know, a name that you trust for all your tobacco needs. Exclusive pipes, pipe tobacco, accessories, pipe stands, and so much more. Cup of Joe's is the one place you can go and take care of every single one of your tobacco purchases. Fast shipping, friendly, professional service. One site, cupofjoes.com. And coming soon, their new line of smoking man pipes, cupofjoes.com. Quality products and extraordinary prices. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Charles. Uh, you know, I've, I've always been fascinated with South Africa for, for two reasons. One, you have the highest concentration of great white sharks on your coastline of any other part in the world. Um, and then being in the southern hemisphere, the water swirls in a different direction in the toilet bowl. Uh but when you started out making pipes, you uh, you you start out wanting to make a smooth, and then you've developed a sandblasting technique, and so you have all different grades of pipes. Um, I actually originally had the idea to to have two different grades. Um, one was going to be called pipe P Y P. Um, uh, which means pipe. Uh, that was going to be sort of my second uh, grade, and and then uh, just the Gosart grade, uh, which is uh, uh, which would be my my best grade. But uh, then eventually I just uh, just went into into the Gosart grade because uh, for for me the second grade was a bit of a waste of time. It, it's a part that I wouldn't want to sell, so. Really, so the thought was that you know if the airway has been built often, that there's a bit, uh, bit too much bad floors, or the grain is not particularly nice. Uh, yeah, I eventually just realised that that's not really a part that I would want to sell, so I just left that. Now all my pipes are graded house And where do your pipes start out price-wise? It's more or less in the in the region of uh, two hundred to three hundred dollars, uh, depending on of, of course on on the the shape and the intricacy and the grain and and so on. Uh, more or less in that range. And from looking around your website, your pipes are in the standard traditional sizes. You do some a little smaller, some a little larger. So you've got the whole uh, the whole variety there. Yes. Uh, I like to keep it interesting as well. It's a bit boring to do, for example, thin low vats uh, or uh, something more traditional. Uh, if you if you don't push yourself, you're never gonna gonna become better. 
I, I like to try new stuff, new ideas, new material. Um, it keeps it interesting as well. That's why that's why we like having guests from different continents on the show. And to get a different perspective. Uh, do most most of your pipes are they sold to South Africans or do they are you shipping all over the world? All over the world, uh, from Russia to France to Italy, uh, but mostly actually to America. Really, most of them to the U.S. Uh, I would say probably eighty ninety percent goes to the U.S. So I just found out about you a couple of weeks back, but you've already been discovered here. So no big surprise to a lot of people. <laughs> I was just a very small fish. <laughs> uh, I'm also noticing, and this is this has been a bit of a controversy of lately, but you do not coat any of your bowls. You leave them all as a as a smooth. Uh, uncoated yeah. bowl is that on purpose or was that a decision that you decided i i originally coated everything um and then i had a, a bit of feedback from from some of my customers uh that didn't really like that so of course if, if somebody asks for coat for coating i'll, I'll put it in but uh, mostly people take it as is uh for, for me, uh, the feedback that I found is that uh, most of my customers want to, to leave the draw. They, they want to draw and uh, have that, that bit of biotaste in the beginning. And they want and to see how that develops over time, yeah. And break it in their way. Uh, the other thing that I mm. like that you do that I don't see a lot of people doing is you guarantee the pipe for one year against technical problems or against burnouts. That's a. Uh, yes, that, it's quite a statement from an artist. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the fact is, I I want the customer to be to be happy. If he's not happy with the pipe, if there's anything wrong with the pipe, uh, I will make a plan to sort it out for him. Uh, in the end, that's that's uh, what it's about. Uh, I want the customer to be happy. Some of your pipes on your website use you play around with different colored stems. Do you enjoy working with the different colors? Actually, not that much. Um, I I love ebonite. Ebonite is, uh, is is for me the, the material of choice. Uh, a bit of Cumberland here and there, um, just for. Uh, just to, to have a bit of uh, different uh, colors here and there, a bit of, a bit of amber acrylic, a bit of uh, um, so, um, ivory, uh, just to have a little bit of variety. Uh, but but for me, ebonite is king. Uh, I love ebonite. Do you love the ebonite because it's easy to work with, or because it's uh, because it, it uh, because it it's easy to shape? Yes, in a, in a way, it is easier. Uh, I, I I just love the the, the feel of ebonite on the teeth. Um, I, I 
I know nowadays there uh, are people that, that go for clinic, uh, and I'm prepared to, to do it for them if, uh, if they so ask. But, but for me, um, really, every night is king. And as a as a part time pipe maker that has a uh, has a whole nother career, uh, how many pipes on a on an average year can you produce? It, it depends on year. Um, it, it's about thirty forty a year basically. So it's not that much. And I would imagine some years are better than others where you have more free time. Yes, yes, most definitely. Definitely. And in your free time, you have a, yeah. um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just about to say that uh, we've got a four-year, four-year-old daughter involved, so she's also taking a, a lot of my time. But uh, yeah, that's that's the way uh, the family can go. <laughs> yeah, so I was about to ask you, what else keeps you busy? What what other things are there uh, that you enjoy doing? And apparently, a four-year-old daughter will do that. That'll keep you busy. <laughs> she keeps me busy, most definitely. <laughs> uh, but that's the way it's supposed to be. If children don't keep you busy, then there's, uh, there's problems. <laughs> uh, is South Africa a uh, a traditional, uh, what we would call soccer or a football country? Yeah, well, probably for... 80% of the of the population, yes. Uh, uh, another sports that are that are bigger here is uh, rugby. Really? Yes. And that's that's not exactly a a very soft, easy, gentlemanly sport either. No, not at all. Not at all. In the uh, in in South Africa, is the smoking population is it primarily the uh, primarily the white South Africans, or has it also moved into the uh, into the African South Africans? Well, the on the on the black people, uh, they call they call the pipe Maori. Uh, for them, it's it's basically old people uh, that smoke pipe. You will, you will really, really see young black people smoking a pipe. Uh, white people, um, also the older generation, um, although I've seen in the last couple of years that that a lot of younger guys are, are joining uh, the pipe smoking community as well. Um, and I suppose that's because of, uh, of uh, the VIP. Uh, they they're able to to find out a lot more, more um, regarding pipe smoking, regarding pipes, uh, how to pack a pipe, how to light it, uh, which is a good thing. It uh, it means that that uh, pipe smoking will continue in South Africa. Are there uh, pipe clubs that are starting up, where you gather once a week, once a month, and sit and smoke? Uh, yeah, there, there, there are. We've got a, uh, a small little, basically a group of friends that uh, get you in, uh, together every two months or so. Uh, and uh, we do it on a Saturday afternoon from 12 o'clock and we, we have a barbecue and uh, talk a bit about, about pipes and a lot of crap and uh, really enjoyable. Really love that. 
So if somebody wanted to wanted to find out about the the get together, they could just email you or contact you through your website. Yes, yes, definitely. And again, the website is g o u s s a r d pipes dot com. We will wrap this up with the uh, fast five final questions. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. And I'm hoping these are going to be interesting for all of us to hear your answers. So are you ready? (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) What is your favorite pipe? That's a difficult one. Um, At the moment, I think... Uh, that's uh, Eric Nielsen that I that I got about six months ago, but it does change over time. Uh, you you change your 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 idea about a pipe uh, as soon as you get another new pipe, so um, it it will probably change in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: Before you started making pipes, what was your favorite pipe? Oh, those days it was a Kaiser. Kaiser is uh, uh, a pipe brand that was made in the UK, especially for the South African market. Uh, it's an awful, awful pipe. Uh, it had a little aluminium condensation chamber with a stem, uh, military type uh, mount stem. Uh, and all the farmers used to smoke it uh, just because of its durability. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the quality is, is terrible. The smoke is not very good, uh, but they last it. I suppose that's, that's why they sold so well over here. <laughs> and what's your favorite tobacco? At the moment, El Gallery. Um I'm very much into into Virginias and Bakers lately. Uh, and at the moment, Old Gallery is my go-to. I love it. What's your favorite drink? Whiskey, of course. <laughs> Wait, American whiskey? Not, or? not bourbon, no. Oh. No, it's, uh, Irish preferably, but, uh, but Scottish will also do. But uh, that's one of my pet peeves. I, I hate people calling uh, American whiskey whiskey because for me it's bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) And one of my pet peeves is when people call Jack Daniels bourbon because it's not bourbon, it's Tennessee sour mash whiskey. (laughs) I'm sorry. But having tasted some <laughs> Irish whiskey in in the past, uh, do you prefer Jamesons or Bushmills? Both are not good, uh, but but Jamesons is uh, is my standard go-to. When it's time to relax, and with a four-year-old, you don't have much time to relax. But uh, do you prefer to read a book, watch a movie, or listen to music? Read a book. I'm. I've always got a book. If uh, if I'm not, if I'm not busy reading the book, uh, there's something wrong in the life of Shaw. I've got to have a book every single night before I go to bed. I have to read at least a couple of pages, just to clear the head and and get ready. Yes. Yeah. Last question: 
Do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking memory that we haven't discussed? I, I, I think if you're talking about memories, it's, it's my uncle. My, uh, my uncle always used to smoke a pipe, and I, I loved uh, that smell whenever he came to visit. I, I suppose that's where the seeds got planted uh, about pipe smoking. And uh, I suppose it just sort of grew out of that. I think that's true for a lot of us. Mm. I think a lot of us have a, a, a dad or a uncle or a grandpa somewhere along the line that, that smoked. And uh, I, I suppose uh, our, our pipe smokers are in a way very traditional we, uh, and, and a bit soft-hearted. Uh, those, those type of things... Um, make us get into pump smoking. Charles, thank you very much for your time. Uh, enjoy your upcoming spring and summer while we're up here freezing to death. <laughs> we'll do most basically. <laughs> thank you so much. It was, it was a big pleasure. We'll be back with the show in just a minute. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes, or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. Welcome back. I am... uh... Now all we need to do is find a pipe maker from South America, and we will have covered uh, North America, Europe, Asia, Africa. Yeah, we get them all covered. Uh, please do go check out uh, check out Charles' website. Beautiful pipes on there. Uh, you can also hear the difference, and I was listening to that as we were going along. That was recorded in the last days of the recording studio at my office so i'm happy to say i like the sound of what we've got going on here now all right uh for music 
I have absolutely no reason to play this song except that it was kind of going through my head this past week as I was traveling. So it's uh, from the the first time I heard it was on the uh, Disney Pixar movie Cars, but it's uh, Rascal Flats and Life is a Highway, and it just fits for all the traveling I do.
Hey, it may not exactly be your cup of tea, but I like that song. It's one of the few country songs that's come out recently that I really like, and I don't know, just kind of makes me happy. Anyway, life is a highway, and... You, Daddy has an email. Let's go straight to the responses that we got from last week's radio show, and in particular, the poll answers in Lord of the Pipe Rings, Brad, who we got to hang out uh, here in uh, Vegas, and that was a lot of fun. Glad I got to see you. Uh, his answers are, one, he started out with bent billiards and adventured into many other shapes. Two, I typically only smoke aromatics. I will occasionally pop a tin of Virginia or Virginia Burley, etc. But it's not dictated by the season, just the mood I'm in. Three, typically two to three bowls a day, seven days a week. Four, I've fallen in love with many pipes. First, I was a huge on bent billiards, and then it went to straight billiards, then bent apples, and then straight apples. Uh, I was big into Peterson's when I first started out, which I still love, but I've also gotten a hankering for getting some artisan pipes. For me, what I'm into is ever-evolving and ever-changing. Uh, going over to John Seiler. John writes, hi, Brian, with respect to your questions. Question one, I have many styles of pipes. I favor bent pipes, such as Hawkbills. There's a shocker right there. And full bent billiards, but I have many straight pipes. Question number two, I keep the same tobacco season after season, usually a straight Virginia. Question three, I smoke on average a bowl per day, seven per week, usually in the evening. Question four, a stupid question for me, of course. I've always been and am still fascinated by Hawkbills, specifically Costello number 84s. Uh, then he goes on to write now, David Huber is a carver that I do know as he was a member of our Washington PA pipe club when he worked in the Pittsburgh area. This was before he became a pipe maker. Now if he would only make larger pipes. Bill Kotek and I enjoyed seeing him again at the shows this year and to see how his craft has progressed. Uh, Jody Davis makes great pipes and great music. I'm fortunate to have one of his pipes, which is probably my only really Danish influence shaped pipe. Rave, it is nice to run into people who do excellent work, and it is not a job. Great show, Brian. I just hope you are appropriately dressed now that you work from home. <laughs> yeah, guess what? <laughs> no shoes on now. Uh, anyway, too much information. Uh, Riff Raff writes, poll questions. One, I have a mix of both straight and bent pipes. Two, I still mix it up, not a seasonal tobacco smoker. Three, I smoke about 10 to 12 bowls per week. Four, my holy grail pipe now is a Dunhill Black Bent Bulldog with a silver band. Just something about that pipe that gets me. And then he goes on to say, great interview with Dave. It amazes me that the pipe carvers collaborate and not compete. I find that refreshing. It is cool to see a relatively new carver with such talent and is able to dedicate his efforts to carving full-time. It is always great to hear about people that take pride in their work. Something worth doing is worth doing right, because it is the right thing to do. A great selection of music. I really enjoyed Jody's piece, Fantastic Show Gents. Uh, Casey Ghost says, Just a wonderful show. My pipes, like myself, are mostly bent, but I have a few straights. Uh, two, not seasonal at all. Three, probably three bowls a day, 21 bowls per week. Four, I've always wanted a really good Ramsey's. I guess a berthier Dunhill would be kind of cool, too. Uh, he writes, loved the Huber interview. 
David generates a lot of personality in the interview. His background story was certainly different. I can remember when they announced the 2013 Greater Kansas City Pipe Club Pipe Carving Contest winners and going, who the hell is that? It was a wonderful pipe with an incredible grain. If you want to see the pipe, you can at dshpipes.com. I guess I'm destined to be like uh, very few of the... Wait, let me say that again. I guess I'm destined to like very few of the music selections to my very limited taste. Southern gospel, also known as white gospel, is just the lamest music in the world. Having spent several years of my early youth in the deep south, I can tell you it doesn't hold a candle to traditional gospel music. You will hear in most any black church, usually Baptist, those folks know how to get to get right with the Lord. Uh, that's the beauty of music. Nobody knows what's going to work for who. Uh, Neil K. writes, My pipes vary in shape, mostly classic shapes. I want to like Bents, but I only have two that seem to smoke good, so I usually grab a straight billiard. Two, not really a seasonal smoker. I usually have several tins open at a time. I'll probably open some Christmas cheer 2013 soon. Three, I smoke six to ten times in a good week, evenings and weekends. Four, Holy Grail pipe right this minute is an Ashton and or a Bulldog. I'd like a Dunhill, but Ashton seem more attainable. Uh, Then he says, great interview, interesting, nice-looking pipes on the DSH website. Love the music selection. I picked up that CD maybe on release day uh, in my house. If you buy anything after September, it has to be put away until Christmas, wife's rule. So thanks for the preview song. I really enjoyed it. I like some traditional songs updated and up-tempoed from musicians like Jody Davis and the Newsboys. Uh, Add Jody Davis pipe to my bucket list. Okay, we'll add that on there. And then Dino says, survey says, I have examples of most shapes from the classic Dunhill chart. My favorites tend toward the author and bent bulldog. Two, seasons rarely affect my tobacco choice. Three, I usually smoke a bowl each afternoon or evening while walking the pup or sitting in the backyard. Four, I rarely suffer pad, pipe acquisition disorder, as I have quite enough pipes to get me through the rest of my life. My wife agrees. On my pension, I've never been able to afford a high grade, though I fancy owning a cook, Alex Floroff, a fabulous pipe maker and member of our Chicago club, has teased me by saying he'd make me a small pipe as a thank you for all the music I've given him, but that essentially that's essentially a pipe dream. His work is so stunningly beautiful, yet way out of my range, as are Jim Cook's amazing pipes. The conversation with David was quite entertaining, I've always enjoyed your eclectic music choices, and the Jody Davis piece was lovely. Look at you, the little Jewish boy into blue-eyed gospel. You're such a mensch. That's why I love the show, Dino. And a couple other quick comments. Uh, Zekist writes, uh, Great show, Brian was as witty as ever. David Huber was a good sport and took the jabs in stride. The crater rustication is so unique, makes me envious for one of his pipes. Uh, That moon finish is really cool. And uh, lastly, Pat P. Russ writes, After a brief hiatus, I've come back into my routine of downloading the radio show on Wednesday morning and listening to the show on my commute. I finally caught up with all the shows from September forward with the week's broadcast. Thanks, Brian and Kevin, for continuing to inform and entertain. 
Brian, I'm not sure what you were hearing in your sound production that you didn't like, but you came through loud and clear on this end. I'm looking forward to your West Coast Pipe Show wrap-up next week's episode. I've been chomping at the bit to get back to a pipe show since Chicago. His radio show poll answers are, one, I started out impulse buying shapes that were interesting to me with little thought to engineering of the guts of a pipe. Those were aesthetic purchases. I'm now purging most of that collection and focusing on four shapes, Canadian, Lumbermans, Bulldogs, and Rhodesians. Uh, Two, in college I smoked light aromatics. When I returned to pipe smoking, I preferred tobaccos that were more robust and intense, so I quickly ramped up to Latakia-forward blends, especially those that included other oriental leaf. In the last 12 months, I've widened my flavor range considerably and have come to enjoy Virginia's and Virginia Perique Flakes, as well as the occasional Virginia Perique Burley. Favorite, favorite blends today are H.U. Doc, uh, Director's Cut, Haddo's Delight, Escudo, Tudor Castle, and Peretti's Oriental Number no. 14. Uh, three, I typically smoke a bowl per week. Four, after a couple of years of cleaning up estate pipes, engineering, and smoking quality have become really important to me. When I, when I began upgrading my collection, I was able to quickly discern the difference between well-built pipes and inferior pipes I had been smoking. In addition to the shapes mentioned above, I'm working to collect a seven-day set of pre-World War II KB&B drinkless pipes. I've also determined to commission two pipes per year from North American artists and carvers. Gotta keep those lads and ladies working. And thank you, Pat, for all that, and welcome back. I know you had a good excuse for why you were busy. All right, in just a minute, rant time. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. I am now in a battle with Microsoft. 
Alright, let's rewind and we'll go back about, oh, about seven weeks ago when I bought a combination keyboard and wireless mouse. I wanted a mouse and a keyboard worked off of the same USB wireless port, so I bought a Microsoft version that I like the keyboard. Well, go back about three, four weeks ago, I go out on the road, I take the, I take the mouse with me, I leave the mouse behind in the hotel room. Here's what I do. I get on the phone with Microsoft because I have the Microsoft Premium Service. I call them and I explain to them what had happened. And this is the part number, the item that I bought. And I needed to purchase or find out if it was possible to purchase a replacement mouse just for that. I didn't want to have to spend the 50 bucks for the keyboard and the mouse again. I just wanted to buy the mouse. So I go back and forth and get bounced around to three different people and tell the same story to all three different people and I get to the third and final person and they say, yes, for twenty uh, for $26, we can send you a mouse that will work with that. So great. So I do it. I get it. Boom. Get the mouse three or four days later. I'm screwing around with it. I can't figure it out. I get back on the phone with technical support and I'm going bouncing from person to person again turns out it's the wrong mouse it's for bluetooth only and my old computer doesn't have bluetooth on it so they end up essentially making me waste about 26 bucks i call them back and i say this mouse won't work well you can't return it because you've opened it already i said to them went back and forth with them and said hey guess what you recommended this i'm sending it back so here's what i've done so far i stopped payment I disputed the charge, and we're going through a credit card dispute over this because Microsoft doesn't know what they're doing in selling their own products. To make things easier, went back to the same hotel again. They found the mouse. They sent it to me. I've got my original mouse. I've got this extra mouse now because Microsoft has returned it to me after I did send it back to them, and they said they wouldn't refund it to me. So, Microsoft, guess what? I'm thinking about switching to a, oh, do, oh, do I dare say this, an, I, uh, an iPad or an iBook or whatever I thing they have. So, there you go. Uh, good old Microsoft and their good old customer service. All right, don't forget, please leave us ratings and reviews wherever you listen to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Post any comments you got in the forums, any ideas, suggestions, whatever you want, post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. And check out PipesMagazine.com for more exciting articles and all kinds of stuff going on there. Remember, we're every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a new episode of the show goes up. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company and... Until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to the bum ba dee da 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 bum